Okay. So, did you watch anything interesting this week? Seriously, I haven't had time to watch anything. We... Well, you did watch the new episode of The Boys, right? So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boys, yeah. yep. I had to think about yep. it. Yep. I watched... Oh, yeah. And I watched a new episode of The Boys, which is crazy. I really like it. It's getting so weird. I love it. That's my plan for tonight is... Yeah, mine the, too. The Boys. I can't wait. That's going to be mine after the kids settle down and go and do whatever they're going to do. And that'll be my thing. My kids have been watching on Netflix the this thing called Jurassic. Oh, yeah. Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. They yeah. finished the season. They th- thought it was great. I, I watched just a little bit of it. I, I don't really like those animation shows. But, yeah. man, they were all about it. They loved it. I also watched, I couldn't even tell you what the name of it. Maybe an American murder. I, it's the new Christopher Watts documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. 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 Zero out of 10 recommend if you want to have a good day because it is just the worst. Oh, I haven't watched it's, a documentary in so long. Oh, I know what else I've been watching. I'm still watching Lovecraft Country on HBO and I I know the reviews are really bad, and I can see where they're coming from, but I'm, like, all in. I think it's super interesting. Each week is something new and weird and, like, a, almost like a completely different show, and I can see why that would turn people off, yeah. but it's so good. Because it takes place, I don't know, a late 40s, 50s. It's right after World War Two, and obviously it's about, there's a lot of things about race in it. But one whole episode is about this black woman and she's given a potion so she can be white and what that means to her and how she holds herself and what she would do if she had that power to be a white woman and how different her life is. And it's just, oh, tears your heart out. But it's also just like, oh, that's so fucked up. Like just how mm-hmm. things are so bad. And then it goes off the rails. Let's just say it goes off the rails in a big way. But it's so good. I don't know. <sighs> I'm I'm gonna watch it one of these days. One of these days. Anywho, watch it. Love it. All right, all right. Hi everybody. Welcome to that so original podcast, and we are the podcast that talks to you about original streaming programming on all of the streaming programs that I don't need to tell you about. And we are in the thick of Ratchet on Netflix, and we are just going to jump right in here. Do you want to start us off, or do you want me to start us off? It doesn't matter. I have some I have some things to say about this first little bit. Oh, so. well, you go for it. You go for it. Okay, so we are in episode three, Angel of Mercy. Spoiler, episode four is called Angel of Mercy 2. So, these <laughs> this is the first. We open on this, like, super fancy, tropical-looking house. And bald dude from the hotel is what I refer to him as. The fake marriage flirt. From him and Mildred's little night. I call him Smoking Guy. And smoking then guy. eventually I looked it up and it was Charles Wainwright. So I just started calling him Charles because I was like, I can't keep calling him Smoking Guy. I called him Wainwright. I called him Bald Dude. I called him all sorts of things. But right now I'm calling him Bald Dude from the hotel and fake marriage flirt. Okay. Fanciest house ever. Up on a balcony is Sharon Stone giving her best Nora Desmond got a monkey on her shoulder because, you know, she's so rich. That's what they do. And her name is Lenora Osgood. And she talks like Marlena Dietrich, all deep, husky voice. It's kind of, it's kind of awesome. 
So Smoking Dude hands her a folder of photos of Hanover and says that he found him at a mental hospital in Northern California. And she's like, oh, that makes sense that he's hiding in a mental hospital. And he's like, oh, no, he's faked his credentials and he's running the joint and going by the name Dr. Richard Hanover now. Plus, he has the governor in his pocket. Osgood says he dazzled her once and she can't believe she allowed him to do what he did and she will never forgive herself. She's also smoking a cigarette in what looks like a roach clip, which is... Yeah, I was like, what the heck is going on? Maybe she was, I mean, maybe it was a marijuana cigarette. It, it, def, it could have been. I don't know. I, I, I don't smoke that, so I don't know. I don't know how that works either. Me either. Too goody two shoes. <laughs> we so are. And she's like, let's discuss payment. And he's like, well, normally I'd charge for expenses, but the 10000 we agreed on is more than enough. And she's like, okay, well, how's 250000 clam sound? And I was like, like a fish fry, because that sounds like a lot of clams. <laughs> That's a lot of clams. And she says, Dr. Manuel Banaga is a monster. He's insane, but he doesn't know it, so that makes him dangerous. I can't rest until I know he's dead. So we know that Dr. Hanover used to go by this name of Manuel Banaga. Smoking guy says, I'm, I have him down as M for marriage flirt, I guess. Um, for that many clams, I'll make sure he's dead. And she's like, I want him decapitated. And once the head is removed, I want it brought to me. I want to give it to my son as a gift for his 21st birthday. And I was like, what the fuck? I think a nice sweater would be a better, maybe a nice yeah, bottle of squash. Maybe scotch. a monkey. I don't know. I mean, he's going to be 21. Get him a drink. He don't sure. need a head. But Smoky Man is so uncomfortable, but he likes money, so he's good. So he leaves, and then Osgood goes into this fancy-ass bedroom where her son is on, is sitting up in bed. And she says, it's dinner time. She starts pulling these fancy lids off stuff. And I was like, don't they have a maid to do this? But she shows him that she's got oysters, Rockefeller, bouffe, bourguignon, and sweetbreads. And holy shit, it's Justin for 13 Reasons Why. The guy that plays that, I don't know what his real name is. His real name is Brandon Flynn. Thank you. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. I hear you were good in this last season. Didn't watch it. Really, so. really great. That last that last episode, you got me good. Sorry, didn't watch it. <laughs> he says he wants dessert first, and then and we look, and his arms and legs are gone. They've been amputated. He's just got, for lack of a better word, nubs. He screams, what is for dessert, mother? And I was like, I, I said, he's got a set of lungs on him, though. I, I know. Mean, I was like, I like, this, I like the sweets, too, dude. I get it. I get it. <laughs> She's like, Boston cream pie. So she feeds him a bite of something, but I don't know what it is. If it's I, the sweetbreads or the Boston cream pie. It's I couldn't a, tell. I don't know. And then, he screamed at her about that Boston cream pie. You know it was that Boston cream pie. And she's like, nothing but the best for my boy. And all I have to say is he is 100% dandy from American Horror Story Freak mm-hmm. Show. Yes. And I will forever yep. think he's icky, just like Finn Whitrock. You're welcome. Because no. he's gross. Mm-hmm. This character makes him <laughs> gross. Okay. He does look so creepy. Oh, my gosh. But just the the spoiled, entitled whack job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. So opening credits, same as last time, crazy American horror story-esque stuff. And boom, we're back at Lucia. Nurse Bucket walks into Dr. Hanover's office with lilies, lilies of the valley. And that's one of those words that I've known. If it's like lilies of the valley or is it lily of the valleys? But anyway. It's lilies of the valley. She says it's lilies of the valley. So I'm, yeah, she did. So I'm, or I mean, I'm going to go with her and you, whatever. You you know very well I have to Google whether (laughs) I'm, uh, using words correctly since you've been snooping around in my google i wasn't uh, i wasn't i went oh my god uh, and turned it off 
Because I was, I was like, there was not like there was anything embarrassing, but I was like, I felt like I was like looking at your diary and I was like, oh my God, stop it out of my face. So, oh my God. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so she says she wants to make his office smell like spring. But Dr. Hanover, being the ingrate that he is, he says he hates the smell, reminds him of a whorehouse in Manila, and now he has a cluster headache. And I'm like, wah, okay. So anyway, he tells her that two of the lobotomy patients, Lily and Opera Lady, who are, her name is Ingrid, right. okay, were caught by Nurse Ratchet engaging in lesbian fornication, except for they were fully clothed, so I'm still not exactly sure what happened in that room. I, know, I have Dan Mildred. Shut your hole. God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I was like... Um, are they hurting okay. you? Let them do their thing. Yeah. Goddamn. And Nurse Bucket is pissed that Mildred went over her head and told Hanover she's like excuse me we have a pecking order around here but Hanover's like okay you need to focus not only did the lobotomy not cure the first lesbian but now we've made another one okay this this is bad one too many lesbians (laughs) so (laughs) Bucket Bucket's like yeah I don't see your point Hanover says because I've not arrived at it and I love that line I was like ooh nap so he has installed a new contraption in the shower room in the basement it is like a hot and cold treatment is how he describes it initially and he says i'm gonna let you handle doling out this treatment and she is surprised that he's letting her take the lead but he reminds her that she just did make sure that he knew that she was the head nurse and that's why she was mad about nurse ratchard coming to him so I have this line and now I can't, I have it in quotes and now you'll have to jog my memory. It's, I will soak the sodomy right out of them. She said that. Yeah. And I was like, but like, I think when you look up sodomy, it doesn't mean what we think it means. Like it's got a different meaning. Correct. So, um, so yeah, it makes sense, but it still sounds weird. I just couldn't remember if he had said it or if she. Oh no, had said she's it. very, she's very excited to soak the sodomy right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we are back in a patient room and it's Lily Cartwright reading in bed and Mildred walks in and she's reading Leaves of Grass. And Mildred's like, sexually explicit material is hardly appropriate for someone with your malady. I was like, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman is sexually explicit? Like, I don't remember that in AP English. She's like, Whitman was a homosexual. We need to get our minds out of the gutter. Come with me for your treatment. Scarred guy, who we later find out his name is Huck. Yes. The guy that was wheeling the patient down the hall with the horribly burned face. I think it's burned. He's wheeling the patient down, and Mildred is pissed that there is a new treatment and she knows nothing about it. Bucket is doing it, and we're just assisting. They walk into this, it's called the the tub room, and they walk mm-hmm. into this room, and Ratchet asks what they're doing, and Bucket goes off on a tirade on how this is the doctor's orders, and she will answer no more for questions, blah, 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 blah. And she orders Huck to put Miss Cartwright into this tub. It's a balmy 99 degrees. And then it has lids that lock. They're like doors that overlap and they go over top of her. Mm-hmm. So she's completely sealed except for her head in this tub. And it's locked. And then she turns the temperature up to 119 degrees. Yikes. You know, she's like boiling in this water. And Mildred looks concerned and Miss Cartwright groans and Mildred starts flipping out and asks Huck to help her out. But Bucket says, no, this is the treatment. The lesbianism is an impulse you can't control. Miss Cartwright's like, I'll never do it again. I swear. I just don't want to be in the hot water anymore. I don't want to be burning. And Bucket's like, see, it's working. This is hydrotherapy. And Cartwright's like, it's too hot. And she's like, nope, it's the perfect temperature. She checks the chart. She's like, oh, it's actually too hot and turns it down a touch. 
But if you look, the thermostat said 125. What? Oh, I didn't even so, notice so that. She, so it was way too hot. So Huck is freaking out, asking how long she has to stay in there. And Bucket says, the meanest thing I've ever heard. Do you value your job? Because I can fire you. And with a face like that, you won't get a job at the five and dine. You'd scare all the women and children away, even if you are a war vet. Bitch. Yeah. And then says, she's got to sit there for 20 more minutes. And Mildred's like, we will not stand here while you boil this woman. Bucket's like, fine, wait outside. This is what Hanover prescribed. So the 20 minutes go by and they go to remove Lily and the water is literally boiling. It's too hot for them to put their arms in to pull her out. But that's not the end of it. They immediately move her to a different tub full of ice and she has to be in that for five minutes. Mildred is freaking out. And I've got, won't this cause nerve damage, hypothermia? Like I said, how is she not going to go into shock? (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's so many things that are bad here. So she's putting her in the water for the five minutes and she's like, it's going to be okay. It's only five minutes. You're going to be okay. And then when the five minutes are up, Mildred is putting her to bed and she's holding her hand and telling her she's okay. And Huck storms out of the room and Mildred stops and he's like, no, no other patient will go through that procedure. I don't care if it costs me my job. Mildred tells him, do you mean that? Because as cruel as Nurse Bucket was, she's right. People like us, places like this is where we belong. And Huck's like, I'm not going to watch people get tortured. I was like, oh, Huck. I was like, this guy's self-esteem is really taking a hit today. I know, right? And also, so she was a lesbian and now she's a lesbian with PTSD. So congratulations. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and they didn't, and they didn't boil her face and that's where the lesbianism is. Uh, right. So that wicked mouth. Mm. Well, I mean, she's got lesbian face, so Oh, that's right. Ugh. And you took it to a different place, but I got I you. did. <laughs> you should have known that by my Google history. <laughs> I didn't see anything bad. <laughs> okay, so we're at home with Miss Briggs and she is asleep in her bed and she wakes up suddenly, looks at the clock, realizes she's late. She's late because her alarm didn't go off and her alarm didn't go off because her husband turned it off. And her husband is laying beside her in bed in a fabulous robe, because that's what people do in this show. And her husband is played by Michael Benjamin Washington, Mm -hmm. who is probably best known for his roles on 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And he's now going to be in the new Boys in the Band movie, which also stars Matt Bomer. (gasps) Oh my gosh. It just got hot in And here. Charlie Carver, who plays Huck, is in it as well. It's all the original Broadway cast that now they're making into a movie. So it's very exciting. Well, that is just fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, according to Wikipedia, if you look at the Ratchet Wikipedia page, Miss Briggs and Mr. Briggs are in a lavender marriage. Quote, unquote. Which is basically kind of a sham of a marriage. It's just the facade and one or both of the parties is part of a socially stigmatized sexual orientation and they are protecting their careers and reputations. So you have learned something today. You are welcome. Um, I have questions. Oh, sure. Go. Okay. I understand that they are what we used to call beards for each other. You know, that they, they're mm-hmm. both covering up the fact that they are homosexual but it's the like the late 40s he's a black man she's a white woman how was that being accepted that is a great question and i do not know i know you don't know but i'm just concerned i'm <laughs> i'm just like i it's bothering me a great deal and i and i hope that they mention it at some point because if it was just a casting thing that's great and all but it doesn't make any sense you're right i'd like this cleared up so ryan murphy if you're listening figure it out yeah 
that definitely, you're right, that doesn't jive. But this lavender marriage actually seems pretty great because he packs her lunch and makes her breakfast. And I'm like, I need a gay husband. He tells her her foundation is making her pores look enormous. He's mean. (laughs) Well, you know, if the foundation is making your pores look enormous, don't you want to know? I do want to know. I mean, I need I need a gay husband to know. tell me that my makeup is bad. And to pick my clothes for me and to do my hair and basically make me look presentable. So Miss Briggs finally made it to work and she's in the governor's office. She's telling him that, hey, things seem to be going great for the campaign. He comes across a picture of he and Ratchet. He's looking through like all these newspapers and he comments on her caboose. Yeah. And Miss Briggs is like, Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so they get on the topic of Edmund and Hanover, and he says Edmund needs to fry in the electric chair before the election. Hanover will get his money when he signs Edmund's death warrant. He does not want to be seen as soft on crime, and Briggs says understood, and she leaves the office. I just, I love that the last little bit is that the governor says, have I been understood? And I have, in parentheses, see also, did I stutter? Because I just thought that was funny. So Dolly, the the trainee nurse, is down in the wine cellar, and she's carrying a tray of food to Edmund. And there's one one guard at the desk for this, you know, horrible killer in this Mm -hmm. maximum security area. And he's like, hey, Dr. Hanover normally does that. He usually brings him his meals. Well, he's busy, and Nurse Bucket asked me to do it. And he says, well, if you get too close, I'll strangle you. And, and I have, oops, that's my kink. Because that's what that's what <laughs> Dolly's like, oh, really? She's like, uh-huh. She goes, that's exciting. Sounds like a fun Saturday night. Call Nurse Bucket. I'm sure she'd like to hear your input. Any more ideas, scribble them down. And I'm like, oh, Dolly. Mm-hmm. So Edmund is in his cell doing push-ups shirtless, as one does. And he says, I see you started wearing heels, Dr. Hanover. And then he stands up and he's like, oh, and sees that it's Dolly. It's not Hanover. And he's like, please thank Hanover. This is very humane of him. I haven't had the pleasure of a beautiful woman's company in a long time. And she's like, you have quite the physique, Mr. Tellison. And the flirting is so awkward. I'm just going to say it's so awkward. Because he tells her to call him Eddie. And she's like, okay, well, here's your dinner. Let me know if there's anything I can do. He's like, do you mean that? Because if you want to really help me, there's something you can do. But if you're just being polite, then, you know, just keep walking because I really need something. He's like, the vitamins that I'm taking, one of them is causing a side effect. I've had an erection for the last three days. Dolly's like, yeah, that's the niacin. I was like, dude, I never knew that that was a thing about niacin, but there you go. I got me neither, but okay. And he tells her, you know, I can't get it to go away. Push-ups make it throb. I can't relieve myself for religious reasons if you take my meaning. I was like, you killed a bunch of priests. Yeah, you're a murderer. Your that's, religious that's... reasons are flimsy at best. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Dolly saunters on up to the bars and he drops his pants and pulls out the biggest peen. Because I need to know, is that shit real? Because I need to know what's happening. Because Finn Rock- Whitrock is looking a little bit better. I'm in John Slam. I'm just saying, I may or may not have paused it and gone back <laughs> and looked at it. And, and I, But for, okay, this is honestly the first reason I, I did it. Was he says he has a constant erection. It and was then hard. I was like, that, that was the most flaccid penis right. ever, Mr. Whitrock. But also, I did just go back again and just try to see if I could tell if it was real. That was really, that was the only reason. I'm, I'm I don't think it was, but I don't know. <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Whitrock, if that is your real penis. Anywho. Uh-huh. So, Dolly proceeds to, what's the word? Uh, stimulate him. 
Mm-hmm. And tells manually. her manually. Manually, that's the word I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, all while the guard watches. By the way, I know. I was like, Ew. and then she walks over and wipes her hand off on a towel. She's very proud of herself, and he's like, "You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen." And she's turning. She's like, "Yeah, keep taking those vitamins, Eddie." And then as she's walking by, she smacks her hand really hard on the guard's desk and calls him a pervert and walks out. And I was like, boom! <laughs> Dolly's did the mic drop. Oh, Dolly. I don't know. This could have been five minutes later. This could have been... A day later. We don't know. We don't know. Huck approaches Ratched in the hall and he says, we have a problem. The guard on duty, the pervert, told him that he saw Dolly masturbating Edmund. And she is pissed she says i'll handle it and she storms off meanwhile later earlier who can say dr hanover is at a gas station and he's going through some files while he's waiting for the gas station attendant to fill him up suddenly the attendant shouts jesus christ and runs and we see wainwright in the rear view mirror dr hanover looks up and sees him and he's leveling a gun at the car shoots out the back window hanover notices him just in time to duck and he steps on the gas to take off and rips the hose out of the out of the gas pump and wainwright's like shit he gets in his car and follows him see here's the thing okay he's called smoking dude he could have dropped his cigarette or his lighter that gas pump that was rolling away after him and boom boom we'd had no no problems Maybe he was like, I got to return the head in pristine condition, which she not wanted if it was all burnt up. I mean, I'm thinking she'd take it either way, but. Good point. Good point. Again, later, next day. Who knows? Tuesday, who knows? At the motel now, Ratched walks into the front office and Louise, the lady that works there, tells her someone left her a note. Ratched opens it. It says, want to try again. Louise insinuates that there's some hanky-panky happening, and Mildred tells her to mind your own business, but also keep the note. I don't even know what it means. Must be a mistake. So she's now in her room with that same nightgown and blue robe as the last time they played house, and she hears a knock at the door. She says it's open. He comes in. He locks the door, and he says, you threw me off with the whole pretending to be other people she says their scenarios i'm screaming it's role play it's called role play but it's weird role play even for weird it's real weird you know it's weird it's weird she tells him to take off his shirt and tie and he's all for it and he's like okay who am i tonight she says you're a handsome young marine and during this whole segment we see flashbacks of her time in in the philippines is that what she had said before okay she throws him down on the bed and she's regaling him with this sweet tale about thinking about his girl. Meanwhile, this, the flashback is showing a, a much different story. It's showing a guy whose leg has been absolutely destroyed by a forty caliber round and she's being yelled at by another nurse to cut it off. Present day, though, she is taking off her robe and now she is straddling him while telling him about how much excruciating pain he's in. Yes. And we quickly find out that Smoking Doom also apparently has a very big dick. Must have been a casting requirement. Was it? Mm. I Did don't they know. all have to pull their pants down and be like, here we go, Mr. Murphy, there you are. <laughs> all right. You silly. Um, so she continues her story about this field hospital where she cut off this guy's leg and how this soldier admired her bravery. And she is totally getting off on how this guy admires her helping him, this soldier. 
the guy who's right there in the room with her is super confused. He's like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening, Why, what's going on. She's repeating this, whatever happened in the Philippines, where the legless guy tells Mildred he had to have her right then and there. It's the only way to deal with the pain. But then the memory turns green, and she's no longer kissing legless, but she's now kissing Gwendolyn Briggs. She's lost in that little bit, and then Smoking Dude says, then what happens? And she's like, what? Uh, uh, um, I totally wasn't turned on by a girl. I, I don't, I, what's happening? And she tells him, you make sex with me like a stallion. And he's like, huh, what? What, what are we doing? <laughs> I said, I, uh, excuse me. And, uh, and she says, you make intercourse with me like a horse would. He's like, lady, do you want me to fuck you from behind? Is that what you're asking? And she's like, that's what I said. I was like, mm, no, that's not what you said. Not really. And then she proceeds to try to run the lesbian thoughts out of her head because she says, your hands are not soft and comforting. They are rough and not like a woman's at all. And so they have sex like horses do. And she jumps up and she's like, that was nice. Should we make this a regular thing? Smoking guy says, no, I, I got to do this cat and mouse of chasing a dirty Pinoy all over creation. And she, you just watch her face drop. And she's like, uh, um, well. Well, see, I thought when he said dirty Pinoy, which is slang for a Filipino guy. Right. I thought her face looked more like instant recognition. She was like, shit, I know exactly who he's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Because I'm probably, okay, that comes back later. So you would be right. But she's like, my name is Mildred. Plan on next Wednesday then. He's like, um, listen, honey. You were the worst lay of my life, and this was too fucking weird. And walks out. And I was like, dude. That was so harsh. Way harsh, dude. Way harsh. I was like, most dudes are like, they're still, even if it was the worst, they're all for it. So, I mean. It couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. I mean, she let you screw her like a horse, I mean. Yeah, the whole story part is weird. But... I know. If you could just shut her up for a minute, right, you'd be just... all right. Gag or something, I don't know. <laughs> That's his game. Just yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You don't know. This this episode brought to you by <laughs> I don't even know what. Dirty kinks Yeah. Yeah. Is that a place? It probably is. You should know you've been scoping out my Google history. Truth. So back at the Briggs house, she and her husband are having dinner and he is wearing a fantastic house coat. It's beautiful. Robe the robe budget for this show is great. I, I am very impressed. And he tells her, he goes on and on and basically the gist of it is they have been invited to go wine tasting with somebody who is very important at the firm where he works. And apparently he's partner at this firm, too. So he's he's not just a lackey. He's a big deal. She says, I can't do this. I can't stay in this marriage. I know it was my idea. And he says, oh, honey, no. Look here. I have let you go to Frisco once a month to your dive bars and never ask questions. And she said, well, neither did I when I walked in on you and Bob the Butcher. On you being pounded by Bob the Butcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He says, yes, and we appreciate it. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> she says, I've met someone. And I said, someone who has gay faith. Mm-hmm. And he is really, honestly, heartbroken about this arrangement ending. He says, you're being stupid. You're risking everything, not only for me, but for you. He said, just think about it for the next few days. And he, I love it. He excuses himself. He's like, I have to go take a hot bath. I'm like, yes, queen, go take your hot bath. I loved it when they first sat down at dinner and he's like, I looked in your lunch pail. You didn't touch your aspic. And I was like, hork, gross. (laughs) But I just love that she said, I've met someone. She haunts me. And I was like, that's just such a, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I like that. That kind of gave me chills right now when you said that. I know. I can't stop thinking about her. She haunts me. And I was like, oh. Stop it. You gave me chills again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're back in Hanover's office and he's staring out his window at his shot up car because he's just driving around like Oops. that. Like, <laughs> no biggie. And Bucket comes in and she's like, what happened to your car? He's like, uh, kids, slingshots, rocks. I don't know. I don't tell you. And she's like, well, I'm just here to give you an update on the lesbians. Um, Cartwright's therapy went swimmingly. And <laughs> like, that's a, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> she, she made a big point of it. She thinks she's fun. Yeah. Blix, Bix, Ingrid, whatever her name is, is scheduled for this evening. And she's like, and Cartwright says she has no further thoughts or urges and has forgotten the housewife next door that ruined her marriage. And then Hanover's like, that's fantastic. Continue with the treatments three times a week for the next two months. That's insane. That's crazy. And Bucket's like, oh, by the way, um, Mr. Dario's family has called looking for him. And I was like, Dario, Dario, who is that? Oh. Oh, I had, I had to look it up. Too. The guy that killed himself in Hanover's office that, Buck, that, yeah, Salvatore. Yeah, that Mildred cleaned up. Bucket says, well, he, we told them he was released to go to the funeral, but his niece says he wasn't there. And at the exact moment, Mildred walks in. And she's like, oh, Dr. Hanover, we're having a dir- we have an early dinner schedule for this evening, right? And Bucket's like, what? Why? Why are you walking in here? Like, you can't just walk into the boss's office and you can't have dinner with him. That's crazy. So as Bucket's leaving, she's like, I don't know what you're after, but I won't stand for this disrespect. So Mildred turns to Hanover after Bucket leaves and she's like, you know, Nurse Bucket is in love with you, right? And once she accepts you don't feel the same way, she will sabotage this entire operation. And then, would you be interested in dinner? I know a place. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And they're off. And are they at the oyster bar? That they are at the to? oyster okay. bar. I thought it looked familiar. Mildred asks him. She gets right to the point. Why is he hunting you? And Hanover plays coy, and he's like, "Who are you talking about?" And she <laughs> says, well, "I don't know." She says, "You have obviously committed some kind of crime. Spill it." Okay. Remember when I made Dario disappear? I've done bad stuff too. You can trust me. And he says, I did a very bad thing. She says, tell me. So this is Dr. Hanover telling the story to Mildred while we are watching the flashback of the event. Mm -hmm. It was a few years ago, he says. He and Miss Osgood, Lenore, Sharon Stone, are at her house, and she is asking him to treat her son. He had the face of an angel, but he liked to prick people with needles. He pricked his mother. He, like, comes up behind him and, like, stabs him in the back. And he did the same thing to the cook. And then he, like, legit stabbed the gardener. Like, he was getting more, what's the word I'm looking for, aggressive or sadistic with, with this. And he said he took Henry on as a patient to find out basically what his malfunction was. And he asks if she's ever heard of lysergic acid. I was like, mm. you know, just LSD. No, no, no biggie. Big. And he says, I told his mother I needed the day alone with him. So I put the LSD in his drink, like a metered amount in his drink. Not that that matters, but I mean, he's giving LSD to a kid, but just like a little dropper full. And... Henry wanted him to take some too. And so he does this thing where he like kind of pretend puts it in there and it was not very convincing, I might add. And while he reaches for his notebook, Henry's not dumb and he's like, he didn't put any in there. So he just dumps a shit ton. The whole bottle. The whole whole freaking bottle. Yeah. The whole thing. He starts to ask Henry questions, but then he is fucked up. And apparently this is 200 times the therapeutic dose. So 
it is showtime, you guys. They are high as kites. Holy, I mean, they are higher than kites. And Henry is talking to him, and the the camera work, the the lighting, it's very trippy. It's yeah. It uh, it's like reddish dark. It's it's weird. To to kind of further the point that neither one of them were in their right mind. And Henry is talking about how his arms are actually someone else's arms that have been sewn onto his body and they are what's making him crazy and he wants them removed. So he's gone for a while and Dr. Hannah was just tripping out on the floor. And when he comes back, he's covered in blood and holding somebody's arms that he wants Dr. Hanover to put on him. Present day Hanover says, I knew they were the gardener's arms as soon as I saw him, which I don't, I don't know how you would know that. But I okay. think because he was Hispanic and he was like had darker skin. I don't know what so it would have been. Okay. But. Okay. And so he is sawing off one of his arms with like, it almost looks like the, the thing you use at Thanksgiving to carve your turkey, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit bigger. And it's, it's, a, it's a reciprocating saw, I think. It's, there yeah. you go. Shit. I don't know what tools are. Good job. <laughs> Tiffany's really handy and I am not. So he's got the saw and he saws off one of his arms and he's like cackling the whole time. He's like, this is, this is so hilarious. And then he takes his other arm and sticks it. This made me sick. This made me sick. It was so gross. He sticks his arm in a dresser drawer and then he cracks down on it really hard. So he breaks his arm. It's like a a open fracture. The bone's just sticking out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And... So th- this whole thing is... is broken arm is my bugaboo. Buga- broken arm is the thing that will make me puke. Ugh. Well, and the the sound yeah. effect, too. Mm-hmm. Gr- mm-hmm. Good job sound effect people. Again, in this episode, on point. So Dr. Hanover, this is so stupid. He, he Well, I mean, okay, 200 times the therapeutic dose. So he tries to attach the arms. But he doesn't have the right tools. So he did the best he could, he said. he He's bleeding out. This Henry is dying. So he tries to, I mean, he gets the blood vessels paired up so he's not going to bleed to death. And he does the best he can to attach the rest of it. But he's like, the nerves were severed. The Everything was just destroyed. And he's like, so I gave him some morphine and then I just fucking got out of there as fast as I could. And his arms went gangrenous. Yeah. And he went septic and the infection spread to his legs. So not only did they have to remove those arms that like, obviously that wasn't going to work, but they ended up having to amputate his legs too. And his mother wants him dead. And he says, it's probably not going to be a gentle death and she's not going to stop until she finds me. And I just want to say that like, I get it. He gave LSD to her son, but he gave all that LSD to Dr. Hanover and he went out and chopped off the gardener's arms. And I don't know that I put all this on Dr. Hanover. That's all well, I said. Well, let's, let, let's walk this back. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Rich, spoiled kid. Whose story are we going to believe? His story that, okay. that this doctor treated me like Frankenstein, cut my arms off and put some weird guy's arms on me. Who's going to go against him on this? Because... Who I mean, right. the only other one that could say some that shit didn't happen is Gardner, and he's not talking because I'm pretty sure he's dead. So yeah, yeah. and she was gone. Hi. She because he made her leave for the day. So I don't know. Maybe the monkey knows the you're, true story. You're right. Even if that is the true story, I think you're right. I I bet she got an entirely different story from right. Henry. Even if that was the truth, that's not the truth that she knows. Right. 
Okay. He was on LSD. Do we know that that's a real story from Mr. Yes, Pants? true. So. Oh, we are getting so deep. I tell you what. Wow, I'm so proud of us. So Ratchet says, then we'll have to make sure she never finds you. And I think I know how to make that happen. The end, but cliffhanger because part two picks up where this one leaves off. We have already watched it and we're going to record part two here and so we're gonna try to release these episodes pretty close together because we don't want to leave you waiting because you know you love us so yeah any final remarks yeah should we discuss that we got our very first email oh i think we have to so we've been asking you guys for a long time well you know the three of you that listen um somebody to reach out and email us and let us know you're there and we finally got somebody to reach out we were so excited so big shout out to brian smith hey brian thank you brian hopefully we're not offending you too much we really really appreciate it i mean honestly yeah we really do like that was the highlight of our week is that we got an email yeah it was ridiculous how giddy we were (laughs) like so don't you want to be talked about on the podcast too uh the other couple of you so hit us up yeah what's that email tiffany um that email is that so original podcast at gmail.com that's it and you know where to find us we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on the podcast apps we are on the website that's so original podcast.com and we would really love it if you would do one of two things if you would rate and review us um, five star written review on apple itunes or if you would follow us on Spotify. Apparently, Spotify is becoming a pretty big deal with getting listeners and getting numbers. And so the follow button on Spotify is just about as good as a as a review. Oh, nice. That's what I've heard from other podcasts that I've that I've been listening. Oh, we have to I, another shout out to Ty. My friend Ty said that he was listening as well. Hi, Ty. How's it going? God, we might have like five people listening. I Do know. you hear this stampeding? No, but I hear my cat crying that's standing next to me. <laughs> it sounds like a herd of elephants in my house. It could be for all I know. Okay. Uh, so we will be back at you very soon. Bye. Bye. Banana. And Louise insimulates. That is a new one. I'll have to Google that. I mean, did she insimulated her? Yeah, she assimilated her insinuation. I cannot. Yeah, I think she should not say that word anymore. (laughs) Rewind. Louise insinuates. Okay, that's That's a good one. That's a better one.